She Said, He Said is sponsored by Times Media Company and Lee Enterprises. Our show is recorded each week at Creative Space Place Studios in Hobart, Indiana. You're listening to She Said, He Said with Karen and Jerry Davidge, a potpourri of everything that has to do with relationships and the baggage that comes with it, because there's a lot to unpack. Today, we welcome James and Tara O'Connor. They run a martial arts studio and are social media influencers. Thank you for joining us on She Said, He Said. Now, one of the things that um, with power couples, you have six kids, correct? Six, yes. Six kids. And so, and they range in ages from four to 18, correct? Correct. And so tonight, to join us for our podcast, you had to get a sitter and you had to plan this out weeks in advance. <laughs> we we love that aspect. We did. We, we, you probably thought, oh, we have to schedule something and it's too bad. But we love that because it shows your life. Yeah. You've got to plan ahead. you got to get a sitter for the two little ones, I'm assuming. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had to make this happen by doing that. Yeah, most people don't understand that. That's yeah. like, hey, you want to do this Friday? I'm like, yeah, this Friday. I have two That's days to do this Friday. <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever that is. It's, uh, so, yeah, it was uh, – and I hate answering back the way I answered you. So I felt like I left you hanging. And, no, no. But, and, but uh, I'm glad that That's why we you guys understood. The, we went to the right person to make this happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she makes it, makes it happen. So, yeah. way, we want you to explain to us, if you would, a bit – that how do you guys juggle that? Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you juggle it on a daily basis? Plus, we just learned you homeschool. Yeah. Plus, you have the two little ones, older kids, and you juggle all of that. Then you have wait. You also have a relationship, right? I mean, you're also married and you're in love and you have romance and then you're doing social media stuff and you have the martial arts. And how do couples pull that off? We take shifts. <laughs> we do. We take shifts. It starts about uh, five in the morning, and then uh, I go do my stuff and then he does his stuff and we just kind of take turns mm-hmm. except for when we have to do something together which is rare so this is but rare. enjoyable this yeah this is rare oh yeah really rare. yeah at least a little rare yeah we're pretty, rare. We're pretty lucky we did an escape room uh like two weeks ago yeah and that was unusual for us a little date night that uh so so we're trying hard to uh of course balance kids our relationship mm-hmm. and uh but I, I think we're making it work pretty well yeah. it's it, it's going well how long have you two been together uh, nine nine years. Nine years. Okay. And so have you always had made it a point to have a date night? Or was it somewhere where you're kind of caught in the tornado of responsibilities and kids and jobs and careers? Or you're like, hey, who are you? Hey, you're pretty. You want to go out? That's like, right. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's have a date, you know? So when we um, got together, we, had, we were working together. Mm-hmm. So um, that was where we spent the majority of our time. And we didn't, we're both homebodies. We don't do a lot of going out. So it was fine. We never really needed to. But then after we had kids, it was like, we need to schedule something because it gets a little suffocating, you know. Uh-huh. Sometimes just, you know, everybody else is having dinner or going to the winery. And we're like, hi, <laughs> have a good time. We're in bed at 730. But I mean, I think that's what we both enjoy, though. Yeah, I, I think uh, something we didn't necessarily say out loud and agree on but that we do a really good job is like putting our, our own priorities first to make everything work which luckily it's both like our health and fitness mm-hmm. so she works out first thing in the morning she gets it done that's how she primes her day mm-hmm. and then I get my turn right after and I think those things I don't know how other couples do it but those are so important to us that that makes everything run smoother so if we have those like we can put up with each other a little bit easier or the kids or whatever it is if you well, have that time you're saying yeah, the work, yeah, yeah, the workout yeah, time, yeah. so to speak, and th- that's our priorities. Maybe it's something different for somebody else. Well, yeah. it's obviously your priorities because I can't imagine being with somebody that 
didn't understand my priority like that. And uh, I think that is a huge component of why we work. Because mm-hmm. without that, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, exactly. How often do you find yourself working out together? Is that a priority or is that you don't need to do that? Or do you we pr- don't do it very often. Not because we don't want to, but because we have to bring the children and it's distracting and we one of us is running chasing somebody making sure they're not writing on the wall or yeah (laughs) right now it's uh i don't think that's our priority i really don't think anybody else would put up with either one of us the way that we are but we're so much the same like that that it like we get each other on that level you know so you mean the the fitness aspect it's almost like I wouldn't say obsessive, but it, it's it has to happen every day, and if it doesn't, I was yeah, off, off my routine. routine yeah. yeah, and that is so important to both of us that that we just get each other like that. Obviously, under, the older ones obviously understand it. Do the four and six year old understand how important fitness is and activity? Oh, yeah, is? they yeah. don't. They don't just understand it. They're like immersed in it. Like mm-hmm. our daughter is doing one legged squats and one arm pull ups. I wow, I, yeah. I saw that on Facebook. That was amazing. Like I wanted to try it myself. But who am I kidding? <laughs> I've never done that. I'm not going to do that. Let's now. do that video later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be a fun for TikTok idea. Yes, no, right. Yes. Sure. So it's important to the kids as well. They pick up on this. Obviously. Yeah. And you know what's really something I didn't anticipate is that watching them watching us struggle to learn a new skill or work hard at that is I just think it's so healthy for them to Mm -hmm. see it and grow up in it. And they're learning from such a young age that it's, you know, being healthy is Is everything. everything. Yeah. So I I love that for them. Kudos to you guys for, you know, for living the example and, and, you know, and having it generational too. Right. That was something that hit me. I was driving today, and I was like, you know, we need less messages and more messengers. Everyone's willing to just put a message out, mm-hmm. but no one's willing to, like, be the message, you know, be the example. James, you are the message. And, well. You know that, you are. But that's what. Uh, if you're not if you're not following James, <laughs> where's, wherever camera, if you're not following him, you should follow him now. You will be motivated and inspired every day. Yes. If anything, just to get off your ass and do something. Two years ago, you said, remember, you wanted to be social media. You wanted to be have a higher presence. Yes. Remember that? Yep. You are now. Obviously, trying. I'm now. trying. Mm-hmm. You are. And a lot of that's just energy put forth for that, right? I, just like getting your black belt. You just show up every day. That's, <laughs> that's right. what I tell mm-hmm. the students. And uh, you show up every day and you don't quit. What is it? If your kids, the four and six-year-old, if they did not immerse themselves into this priority of fitness and health and all that, how would you guys deal with that as parents? Because so far it seems like they're it's seamless. They follow your lead. If they didn't, would you would be the parent to push them, get off the couch, we got to do something, or... How does that work out? Yeah, I think we would push them, but I, I think it's important for kids to develop their own individual interests. If they weren't interested in the same things as us, it would be okay. None of our kids do martial arts, and we're both – that's how we met. That's how we connected, and none of them are that interested in it. No kidding. That. Yeah, but it's okay. I mean, they have their own things that they like to do, and, I mean, his oldest – or his middle is a is a varsity soccer player, and, and you know, that's – we're not – neither of us are – soccer players but mm-hmm. i mean it's still so awesome to watch him find his his way and mm-hmm. his skill and i mean we're so proud of him so now we we talk about your you own a, both own a martial arts studio mm-hmm. in chester can you tell like how that started and where it is now so prior to us being together we can take it back like 20 years probably right so how sure. we met was um I would take a kickboxing class at the studio that he taught at. Mm -hmm. And um, I was taking martial arts somewhere else at the time and and working at that studio, but I really really wanted to go 
and I thought there was this cute instructor, so <laughs> I would come and um, take kickboxing there. And that's how we met, but we never, we never really connected necessarily. Yeah. Like we would talk, but we, and I think we liked each other, but we just kind of, I don't know, we were shy. So this is going back how many years? Like twenty. Like, oh gosh, we were. We weren't even 21 yet, were let's, we? Let's not talk about the years. It was a while ago. It was a while ago, yeah. Really interesting. So I went on to open my own martial arts studio, and he had um, his own martial arts studio, and he had a kind of a funky thing happen with his building, and he had to move really quickly and find I another building. That. And um, and in the, in the process, he lost a lot of help. And I had a five-year-old son at the time, so I... I felt like it was time to sell my studio and move on. It was just really hard. I was a single mom. So I did that, and um, maybe less than a year later, I got a message from him, and he was like, hey, um, I'm looking for some help. I might need some help, and I know that you know what to do, so maybe you could come and help. And so we met for coffee, and then and, and I did. I came and helped like part-time for a little bit. And, um, and you've been meeting for coffee ever since, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, kind of, yeah. So yeah. you were actually working together as associates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just colleagues. There was no thought of, we were both in other relationships. We were not, there was no thought of us yeah. at all until mm -hmm. those relationships crumbled. And then, and then it was just like one day we looked at each other and I don't know how I had never seen him like that before. I was just going to ask you, when, was it an epiphany or an evolution? It kind of was. It was weird, right? Because like we had never given uh, yeah. each other permission to look yeah. at each other like oh, that. Oh, I love that you line. Know? That's a good line. And yeah. when I had permission to like, look, to look right. you know, then I was like, oh, I, I, like, <laughs> I like this. I like what I see. And I mean... A beautiful thing about this that we didn't talk about in the past mm -hmm. is that kids pick up on this. Right. Kids pick up on a positive, loving relationship, I think. They pick up yeah. on it. And they might tease you about it, or I love that though. Might. That's that's my favorite thing when the kids notice and they they'll say they're things like, like yes, yes, yeah. that's it. It's the ooh factor, right? Right. But like when they grow up and they remember us, they're gonna remember yeah. us being affectionate, loving each other, and, and showing you know showing it. And you guys demonstrate that on a daily basis, well, and the kids pick up on it. You know, like in the beginning of our relationship, there was a book called The Five Love Languages that we both yeah. read, and James's love language is really physical touch. Oh, so it says. Yeah. So yeah. I think like it really helps me to kind of both of us to kind of learn each other mm -hmm. because our love languages are not the same. I'm not even sure what mine is. What do you think mine is? Well, you've said before it's the gifts. Maybe it? it's gifts. It might be gifts. <laughs> it might be gifts. Oh, gifts. <laughs> oh. Here's my question, though, from talking the love language thing. We can get back just for a second on that. Is when you figured out that James has that love language and yours may not be the same, did you have to change your yeah. sensibilities and actions and behavior to not cater but to nurture yeah, then? for sure, because I'm not a very touchy person. So you wouldn't have done that 10 years ago or five um, years ago? I think for I would have. Yeah, I would have. But I mean, like, in general, like, I don't care for hugs, and I'm not a real – you know, some people are just really – they meet sure. you, and they hug you, and they shake yes, your hand. And right. I'm like, when people go to hug me, and I know that a hug is coming, I kind of – You cringe? <laughs> well, no, I just – I, like, try to avoid it, or I'll, mm -hmm. you know, turn my back. I know how to – I know how to, the cues. Unless they of, give you a gift. Yeah, I mean, then bring it, it on. I'll take that. Then it might be okay. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I did have to kind of realize that that was his, you know, way of feeling cared for, and and, and it did take a little work in in some instances. Not like in public. I think a lot of times it's like just if we're sitting at home and we're on the couch or something, and I'll be like scrolling, and he would really like it if I was giving him like a back massage or something, and that's mm -hmm. something that I've I realized that I wasn't 
get, you know, doing as much. And it did take a little work. It's not hard work, obviously. Right, right. right. It's not hard work. <laughs> right, right. But, um, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, marriage is work. And, and That's learning, a good way to put it. Learning each other, I think. It is. I was wondering if it came naturally. or It wasn't uh, uh, totally organic. It was no. also yeah, a I mean, bit self-taught. Yeah, I mean, some of it was. Yeah. I think, like, I'm really into him, so I do want to touch him all the time. But mm-hmm. there are times when I'm, you know, after you've been together for so long, you just... Then kids. Yeah, kids. Kids. The kids. Kids yeah. crawling over you all day. Oh that was something gosh. I had to understand. It's like, why aren't you touching me? Yeah, because I mean, I'm like, so touched out. And I'm so touched out. By the yeah, end of the day. Are, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a great way to that's, put it. That's, that's so true. Those are the things it. that we kind of forget about. We because, do. Yeah, because yeah, kids are literally crawling <laughs> all over you. And and then you're just like, can I just be by myself? Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so there's no shame in that, but I just need a little quiet time and I don't want to say anything to anybody, you know. Tell me about the kids, though, aspect. Because you said they pick up on it, they go, ooh, or whatever, right? But they're quietly proud, even at four and six. And your older kids must be, obviously, they understand. Grossed out. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, yeah, no, I I am. I think that, like, Briar and Bodie are our youngest, and they, uh, I I think they are proud. And I, I, I never thought about that, but sometimes their expression is like, they enjoy it. They enjoy making fun of it, but they mm-hmm. they see it's a healthy, positive thing, mm-hmm. and uh, they tell all their friends about it. Yeah, or <laughs> they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In what in what way? Um, Danny likes to touch mommy's butt. <laughs> <laughs> what is that da- kind of what, what's your favorite outfit? Yeah, like they say things in public like that sometimes, but. It's cute. It's all right. I think it is, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I am proud of it. Yeah. That's how I want to raise the kids and mm-hmm. right. be with my kids, wife. Yeah. It's some kind of a sense of wisdom to yeah. apply this. So how are you applying what you may have learned to those previous kids with these little ones now? Um, I, I, I think the biggest thing is just knowing that the time passes so fast. So, you know, when you catch your child in a moment that you know is like a core memory for them, you know, I just really soak it in now. And I think with some of the older kids – it's not that I don't remember, but it, I didn't realize how fast it was going to go, you know. So it really does make us slow down and, and not take for granted little things because the time passes so quickly and they're times a thief. Like they're they're grown before we know it. Our, our little guy is four and that's so weird. He's like just coming into his own personality now mm-hmm. and really like he's clever he's really cute but it's it's also kind of hard to watch him before yeah and be independent because he was you know he was our last baby and Mm -hmm. i think that's rough but i think that's the biggest thing that both of us talk about the most is um you know is that not taking for granted all these little moments anymore and really like capturing them we take so many pictures and Mm -hmm. i'm so thankful because i didn't have an iphone when my oldest was young and i am constantly snapping and then i go back here i'm like oh yeah we had this experience and then i relive it in my head Mm -hmm. not to get dark but i think like always on my deathbed you know i'm going out of this world the last (laughs) the last thing i'm going to do is like try to relieve as relive as many of those memories as i can in special places and uh just technology is such a God, I'm so grateful for it, though. It's like a time machine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I, I treasure, I try to treasure every moment, but also just be cognizant. I'm going to forget it. So snap, selfies all the time. I'm just, and then I started oh, we uh, see it. trying to write, too. Like, the more I write about it, I know I'll post it. It'll pop up in my Facebook memories, and everything's just, I'm, like, archiving yes. everything. Yeah. The problem um, I have, James, is to capture the moment while living the moment. Yeah. That's yeah. my challenge and my dilemma, because Karen knows as me, as, a, as I document things, I like social historian or a writer, storyteller, whatever you want to phrase it, I capture everything. Like I'm stopping our live 
and I'll record things and I'll write things down yeah. and I feel I'm not living the moment and that's a problem for me. Karen's good at enjoying the moments when they're happening. Because I know that you're going to capture it anyway. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. So I'm right. wondering if you guys have that dilemma at all, yeah. especially you, James, because you're always filming No, everything. I don't. I don't feel that way at all. You're because like you're experiencing it, it and uh, I don't know how you could not, I think, I don't know. To me, that sounds like you're caught up in your thoughts. I hope you're right. Hard to believe I that. I feel like I'm missing something. So one thing about James that um, is unique maybe is that he's like constantly, constantly thinking about how short our life will be. Like he obsesses about it almost. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, not. You did, you did say dark. Yeah. yeah. That's your, that's your so, alluding to. Even in like the very first time I took a, a martial arts class from him, it never occurred to me. Like I never think about death. I, I try not to. It doesn't. Now I do because he's in my ear all the time. <laughs> yeah. about it. But going, sometimes James. I'm like, you just have to stop because I can't. Yeah. I can't stop now. But um, the the first class I ever took from him, he talked about. He was talking to like five and six year olds about leaving a legacy. You know, when they're gone, and I had never even considered that for myself as an adult, you know, and mm -hmm. like he's teaching these little kids. And I thought, wow, I really wish somebody taught me that when I was so much younger. And I've never forgotten it. I've really like it stuck with me. And I think it's something that's so important for him that his children remember him and that he when he's gone from this earth, that he leaves something behind for them. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I'm really proud of him because he he is doing that, you mm -hmm. know, especially with all the social media and, you know, all the other stuff he does. But I think um I think that's one thing that he focuses on a lot is like what kind of legacy he's going to leave and making sure he makes a mark. And even in those little moments, you know, making sure that mm -hmm. the kids remember certain things about those moments. I think that's really important to him. And it's one of the, my favorite things about him. Like in our car, they're not, we're not allowed to take off. I can't drive out of the driveway until what? Until he's, so he's an eighties kid. <laughs> so um, before we leave the driveway, he says Autobots and the kids have to say, Roll out. <laughs> he will so, not leave the driveway. But it's, but it's like something they're so ingrained that they're, yeah. like, to me, they're never, even my older ones, like my 18 or 17 year old, I, I look at him, I'm like, I'm not, we're not leaving until you say this. Like, <laughs> He's like, roll out. <laughs> but it's those little things I feel like I can just implant throughout the day yes. that hopefully just and stick with them forever. They would yeah, probably I don't do know. it for their own. Kids. I hope Remember so. Remember what grandpa used to say, roll out. That'd be the coolest thing in know. the world, wouldn't it? When your kid has a kid and that kid says, roll out, and they yeah. leave their driveway. Yeah, I hope so. Here's my question for you. If you didn't have kids, would you feel the same way? Or are kids a little mirrors for you, little mirrors that look back at you and, and they compound your feelings or not? Boy, I, I think they make me hyper aware of with how fast they get big, it makes me hyper aware of time and my own existence, I suppose, right? And how fleeting it is, like you said. So yeah, without kids, boy, that's a great question. I mean, I've, I've taught kids, like I'm now teaching the kids I taught when they were little now have kids and bring them to me, which is a weird, Damn. it's a weird thing, right? But uh, how that old are also, you, uh, 42. <laughs> Might I take a second? Uh, 42, <laughs> I'm sure. And uh, so that also, I'm, I'm just around kids all the time. And I'm across the street from a funeral home. You know what I mean? I remember so that. So it's that's something that it's just it's in my life. Is uh, I've got youth and I've got death when I look across the yeah. street. You know, interesting. So maybe that's me hyper again uh, focusing on something that's not really there. In but, your own thoughts, but it's, like uh, me. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think even without my own kids, I would uh, I would dare to say, yeah, I would just I, I would have these same feelings. And I don't believe in in nurture forming um personality i'm adopted and i grew up in this household 
with people that were very different than me, not a little bit, even a little bit like me. And they tried to force me into this mold to be like them and it never worked. And then I met my biological family and I was like, oh, I get it now. Oh, like really? we are, this, we are cut from the same mold. Like this is who I am. And there is nothing that nurture could have done to change that. Like my brother is a, a vegan runner and I am a vegan runner and I didn't know him. You know what I mean? That's all. Genetics are so powerful. Yeah. And it's weird. It's weird to like meet him and be like, oh, oh we have all these things in common and we've yeah. never met each other. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that. And, and so I think a lot of it is genetic with, you know, their personalities. And I can see it even in his, in his children that aren't my children, mm -hmm. um, pieces of him in them so much, you know, but I, I definitely think no matter where they would have been raised, they would be like, <laughs> it's just in their soul. But, you know, his older sisters sometimes talk about his father who passed away when he was sort of, he was a teenager. And mm -hmm. like some of the things they say, I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, that's where he gets that from. Like, I think he might be a lot like his dad. I never got to meet his dad, but mm -hmm. we talk about his dad a lot. And yeah. I definitely think there's pieces of that in him. So. I have been teaching kids for 30 years. Wow. So my instructor was so fantastic, and I modeled after him. He didn't necessarily teach me. I would watch and do what he does. And I just understood, like, watching him how, how to treat a child and how to just communicate. You know what I mean? Yes. And, of course, I tried to develop even better on my own. So I just think uh, I'm good with kids. And then when I had kids, I adored them. So I already had some tools in place to help me understand how to handle children. And uh, boy, that's just my baseline. I think I, mm -hmm. I was born. I was born to be a father. I always knew that. You know, that's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing but, to uh, say. Isn't I, it? Yeah, absolutely, it is. So, so one thing about owning a martial arts studio that I don't think either of us um, really anticipated was that a lot of doctors and behavior centers will tell their clients to find martial arts for their children, for the, their patients, mm -hmm. because it's great for kids with behavior issues to help them focus. And mm -hmm. um, there's some exercises we do where we cross the midline that it's really good for brain development. So kids with ADHD and autism really flourish in our program. But we had all these kids with ADHD and autism coming to us and we had no idea what to do. So oh. we quickly educated ourselves mm -hmm. um, to try to figure out like, how do we teach these kids? And, yeah. I, and in doing that, I think we learned so much compassion and empathy for um, learning how they process the world. And, and James, I know which little girl you're talking about, and he really has a soft spot for her. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think that that was something that nobody ever told us, and none of our instructors taught us. And it was something that we had to really dive into exactly. um, in order to figure it out. And so, and I think we do a great job of it. We really figured it out, but it really has taught us a lot taught us quite a bit anytime anytime you take the time to understand something i believe your compassion level is going to raise for it oh yeah. you know and you can talk about extreme things like racism all the way to maybe dealing with kids with autism when we sit and we try to understand each other mm -hmm. and find that common ground our compassion raises and that was something again we weren't taught and terry got some actual um great training at one point on dealing with children like that specifically that raised my level because uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but things like ADHD, autism, it is either the population's getting bigger and we're seeing it that You're way or right. it's just raising, right? Yeah. So the influx of that, of us dealing with that, thank God she had that because it put me in a different place to – I just assumed that kids were – misbehaving and being like anti-authority in positions. And I came to understand, well, they just – they're not understanding or, mm -hmm. uh, or even like – 
some of them would take things so literal that uh, they sound like they're being really mean to you when they talk. You know what I mean? Yes. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, boy, you're being so disrespectful right now, you mm-hmm. know? And they had no clue they are. They're right. just, they're being literal. This That's is my, how I feel how about are. it. And they're not thinking about your feelings. And it's like, I have to kind of be okay with that because they're not being malicious, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, anyways, I could go on and on about that. It's just, but but understanding something or somebody always leads to more compassion. And, uh, you know, thank God, like Tara uh, had that and brought it to me because it, ch- it changed it changed me a whole bunch. I'm sure. So is the martial arts studio a perfect kind of platform? It seems like they'd be the perfect space for that, to nurture that, to host it, to invite it. Is that true? So that that's tricky because it depends on the studio if they have enough staff, if uh, depending on the behavior. So that's why when people ask us, hey, my child uh, may have autism or some, some people are up front with us. We're like, well, we can try, but there's only uh, the, the girl that you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't. I prop by myself five like her in a class along with kids that don't That'd have the be behavior. Challenging. It'd be challenging. So yes. it's uh yes, the martial arts can be a fantastic tool, but more so I think it's like the instructor and the understanding mm-hmm. of the instructor is the, the 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 component. I'll write the word culture, but like cult sure. <laughs> cult like building a cult <laughs> in a joking way. But it is. I'm brainwashing these children to believe in themselves and not give up. So when our daughter is running with Tara and they're going a mile and she's saying, Never give up, never give uh-huh. up. Like that's her mantra. She's not mm-hmm. thinking anything else. Well, truthfully, since two thousand seventeen I've been kind of plugging away honestly like studying it, like what does it mean to be a social influencer? How do you mm-hmm. build this? How'd... So since two thousand seventeen I sort of made this commitment. And uh, nothing is overnight. (laughs) It sometimes appears that way. So I've just been trying, I I don't know, just trying all throughout the day since then. He does. He films wherever he can, whenever he can. I mean, I just kind of know that's what's going to happen. The camera's going to be out, and any time he can capture something, he will. But um, he has a great, great, really solid group of um, men that he trains jujitsu with that are really willing to help him with all of that stuff. So they do stay in film a lot um, during those times when I'm not there because the kids can't be there. They would, they're just, just too loud, you know, so, or running. I mean, sometimes you will see them running through the back of his videos. Yeah, I've, but, I've seen that. <laughs> chasing but, each other with yeah. swords or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But just like you, I think like you have a thought, so you write it down real quick. And if you looked at my phone, my notes in it is just, uh, doesn't even make sense to most people, right? It's just mm-hmm. random thoughts, and then I go back. At the end of the day, I, I take an hour and, like, try to write a thoughtful post or this or that. So all, all throughout the day, I'll be working out and, like, oh, that's, that's a good thought. And I just go to my phone real quick and then uh, then just later on put, put time into it. So and it's just you don't even think about it, just like you. And you have found – have you found the rewards with that since then? Because I know yeah. the responses you get, and you put out questions, which I love – it's always smart to ask questions. Yes. Sometimes my headlines ask questions, and I used to always get flack from editors like, we don't ask questions, we give answers as journalists. Mm-hmm. And I go, no, yeah. I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. yeah. So you do that all the time. Right. And they're, they could be the simplest of questions. It's but, remarkable. But people love yeah. answering okay. and engaging with these questions. People love themselves. They love talking about themselves. Yeah. They love sharing themselves with you. And if you can trigger that in the right way, yeah. they will do it. And they'll do it nonstop in the comment section with each other <laughs> in some thoughtful and not so thoughtful ways. So true. So, uh, but, but I. <sighs> Tara, please pipe in because you're shaking your head. I have to hear it. You two true. have something in common. I love stirring the pot. Because you both have a very <laughs> thick skin. I look at your comment section sometimes and I'm like, 
how is he not responding to this stuff? And then I look in his and he's like, Tara, say nothing. Don't even type it. And I'm like, hold on a second. I got to just tell this person. And he's like, stop it right now. It's never a good look when your wife is defending <laughs> you online. Oh, like, but I get look so at me. And then she's that's like, right. leave my husband alone. Because <laughs> people are just ruthless in his yeah. comment section. They'll say like the terrible things. You won't find me on his social media very often because I do not have a thick skin. And if I am on his social media and I got any of the comments that he had, I would die inside. I don't know how you guys do it. Like you said, just mean people are everywhere. He has but, hundreds and thousands of followers. So I think in the midst of that, you're going to get, sure. yeah, that's true. you know. But it's such a it's such a great like intellectual exercise for me to like have that come in, look at the comment, and then think of something thoughtful to put back without having to use a swear word or put, you know, insult them. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, yeah. this is a, it's a, to that's me, that's what's all, well, that's what I constantly work on. And I'm, you know, doing my best, but I guess that's why I'm thick skinned. If you want to say that, it's just, it's all something to make me stronger. So that's like, you know, people say social media is so bad. The keyboard warriors. Yes, it's, it's out there. However, if you, if you can just fire it back in an intelligent way like that, Hey, Hey, if we were having coffee, would you still call me that name? And tell me why you think that, you know? And a lot of times it just uh, kind of dissuades, you know, what's going on. It does. It diffuses things. What's the most important thing you think you could pass along to a child? You've learned now because you have six kids, older and younger. You have the four and six-year-old now. What aspect of parenting that you think is the most important that you can pass along to children that you've learned through all these years? And especially for you being 30 years dealing with kids. Because they're like little sponges and they miss nothing. You're right. So what do you, you want to go have? first? Go ahead. I think um, for me, yeah. it's going to be to make sure that they are always inclusive and kind um, to other people. And especially like in the world we live in right now, I just feel like, you know, being kind to everyone, no matter race, gender, sexual preference, you know, like just yeah. to be always inclusive, no matter what, I think would be my number one thing that I want my children to um, to be is to be kind to everyone, no matter who they are. I think that would be my, my number one. How about you? Self esteem, self worth, yeah. however you want to label that. That's I, right. I want. I praise. I I don't think you can overpraise your kids. I'm not saying give them a trophy for everything. So there's a fine line. Yes. But man, I want them to uh, feel good about every time they always catch them doing something right. My daughter mm -hmm. congratulated me on eating a chip one day. <laughs> she did. A couple of years ago, the <laughs> post just that. came up in my memories, but I wrote a whole post on it because. She was so sincere; it made me feel good about eating the chip. You know I mean? Yeah, and uh, and I was like, I had that, a moment like, God, I just need to praise, praise, praise so much more because their self worth is everything. No, we just wanted to thank you again can't help for it. spending time with us. And time is just such a precious commodity, especially yeah. for you to take time out and scheduling and kids. And, and wow, kids. thank you, thank you very it's our much. Pleasure. And now for a lovely waste of time. So we were sitting around one day uh, watching um, football or something with my dad and my good friend Don Taylor. Don Taylor. Don's a dude. By and the way. my brother Joe. And uh, Don and I were bored because we were like teenagers or in our 20s. And Don made the uh, line of this is about as exciting as watching grass grow. Now, while we're doing this, all my dad heard was the word grass. <laughs> And Joe, of course, smoked a lot of grass back in the day. So my dad goes, grass? Who the hell's got grass? You know, and he starts just, boom. And there's that Davidge temper that struck You out. see all these cards and chips flying It did. We were air. playing cards. <laughs> Everything stopped on a dime because Joe Davidge heard the word grass. He assumed that Don and Joe were smoking grass, which they were doing, but not at that moment. Not at that moment they weren't. Okay. Next thing you know, my dad and brother are in this 
volatile, volatile argument, yelling and screaming, typical. There goes the occasion. And then what happened to you and Don? We just slipped out. Oh, there you what go. are we going to do? I'm not going to mess with my dad and brother. No. No. And no. Don didn't know what to say. And he goes, what did I say? He said there was grass. He said grass. But it's just grass growing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but grass, now that, pot, that's just legendary. Marijuana. doesn't matter. <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> my dad heard any, any term for it at all. It, yeah, it set him off. It set way. him off. And off we went. Well. That's Joe Davidge story for you. You've been listening to She Said, He Said with Karen and Jerry Davich. Sponsored by Times Media Company and Lee Enterprises. And recorded at Creative Space in downtown Hobart. Find us at nwi.com and where you find all your podcasts. If you enjoy our show, we hope you return with your own viewpoints about couples, relationships, and the subtle or not so subtle differences between spouses, mates, partners, and potential partners. We welcome your opinions, your experiences, and especially your love lessons.